Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Thor Ragnarok. So much has happened since I last saw you. I lost my hammer, like yesterday, so that's still pretty fresh. And then I went on a journey of self-discovery. I met you. Where are we? You have no idea. Hello, the goddess of death has invaded Asgard. Oh, I've missed this. And you and I had a fight recently. Did I win? No, I won. Easily. Doesn't sound right. Well, that's true. Asgard is dead. And it'll be reborn in my image. I thought you'd be glad to see me. I need to stop her here and now. To prevent Ragnarok. The end of everything. So I'm putting together a team. Like the old days. Surprise! This will be such fun. Hello. Hi. He's a fighter. Here we go. I'm not a queen or a monster. I'm the goddess of death. What were you the god of again? We're the same, you and I. Just a couple of hot-headed fools. Yeah, same. Hulk like fire, mm. Thor like water. Well, we're kind of both like fire. But Hulk like raging fire, Thor like smoldering fire. <laughs> All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for Thor Ragnarok, and the story is as follows. Imprisoned on the other side of the universe, the mighty Thor finds himself in a deadly gladiatorial contest that pits him against the Hulk, his former ally and fellow Avenger. Thor's quest for survival leads him in a race against time to prevent the all-powerful Hela from destroying his home world and the Asgardian civilization. The film is starring Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston, Kate Blanchett, Idris Elba, Jeff Goldblum, Tessa Thompson, Carl Urban, Mark Ruffalo, and Anthony Hopkins. It is directed by, right, here we go, I'm going to give this one a shot, Taika <laughs> Watiti. And it is written by Eric Pearson, Craig Kyle, and Christopher Yost. Joining me for this review, I have Dianki Azeze. Hi, everybody. And from SimplisticReviews.net, it is the returning guest on the show, Mr. DJ Valentine. Greetings. Greetings from Asgard. 
<laughs> well, uh, greetings from New York. Not as highly regarded, I suppose. Right around the corner. It's close. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I would venture to say that if you put ours as guardians against New Yorkers, I think we would whoop Asgardians' asses. Yes, I would say so. <laughs> That's a fight that Asgardians don't want to have. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, is Led Zeppelin playing in the ba- background on Asgard? Because that's what's been going through my head all morning. <laughs> Immigrant song just running on a loop. <laughs> oh my gosh, I did love that song in this movie. All I kept thinking the whole time while I heard it was, eh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo did it better. <laughs> it's funny because that song to me is Girl with a Dragon Tattoo too. So it's, it's yeah. because of that opening scene is uh, sequence is so awesome. But I don't know, man. Thor might have kind of co-opted this a little bit. They might have uh, taken this song away from uh, David Fincher. Yeah, I think it worked. Yeah, it definitely worked pretty well, I would say. And a lot of things that they did in this movie certainly worked pretty well. Uh, I, you know, I'm one of those people who felt like the standalone Thor films were. Definitely probably the weakest of the Avenger films, I would say. Uh, the Kenneth Branagh one was pretty good, but the Alan Taylor one was a complete misfire for me and was something that I I honestly, I don't, I can't tell you a single thing about what happened in that movie to this day. <laughs> I've, I've only seen it once, but it did not leave a memorable impression. So It's just one word, ether. Something about the ether. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So now here we are uh, with Thor Ragnarok. And one thing that worked for Thor lately was his interactions with the other people within the Avengers group. And they kind of took like a Civil War almost approach where they were like, you know what? We're going to bring some characters from the other Marvel films into Thor Ragnarok, have Thor interact with them, and add some necessary humor to it all that – quite honestly, results in what I think is A, the funniest, and B, the best standalone Thor film yet. I agree with all of that. Yeah, I can't disagree with any of that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think what worked the most, for sure, had to be the characters and the way... So not only the characters and the humor from the characters, but I also thought that there was enough... Um, even with all of the different players, I think they all had enough going on that when the movie ended, I was really invested. I loved that ending action scene. And I'm going to tell you, I'm usually someone that can kind of, you know, gloss over some of that stuff. I'm, I'm not always engaged in it, but I think they just did such a good job with, you know, kind of building this world. And, and even Thor's arc, you know, kind of takes a turn. He's a little more vulnerable in this than being all Thory. And I think that kind of worked really well for the storytelling. I, I, I had fun. So much fun. Uh, this might be my uh, unpopular opinion, but I think for me, Thor Ragnarok is the best Guardians of the Galaxy film I've seen this year. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's, I mean, it's crazy. It's colorful. It's surprisingly with all that harrowing. It's ridiculous, and it's straight out of like a Flash Gordon uh, wet dream, and I loved it. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, like I agree with Maddie uh, Negs over there because. Uh, when it comes to the solo Avenger films, Thor's have just been the ones where I just liked the least or didn't have any fun with. Uh, even Brana's one, I just never really got it. And I think Taika Waititi takes advantage of the the amount of collateral Marvel has kind of like accumulated and paints this film with what it needs to be painted with, which is fun because Thor is so ridiculous. Well, if you read the comic books, which I which I did when growing up. If you take it serious, it's kind of like 
uh, I don't know. But if you paint it with like a kind of Flash Gordon-y sheen, it makes more sense. You get to enjoy more of it. You get to have giant wolves and rock creatures and all types of stuff. But if you're taking it serious, it's, it's you, you kind of have to cut off the legs of what the Thor universe is, which I think Taika Waititi understood. And I think a lot of people are understanding now that this world works best when it's funny. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are certain moments in this film, like even a moment where like Thor's like trying to strike a pose by leaning up against like a wall or something. (laughs) And he like slips and he just looks like a bumbling doofus. Poking fun at that character and making him as uh, as uh, you said before, vulnerable is probably the smartest thing they've done with him because Chris Hemsworth, for all of his limitations as an actor, comedy certainly is not one of them. The guy is actually pretty damn funny, both physically and with his uh, delivery and timing, I would say. Yeah, he was the best part of Ghostbusters, that new Ghostbusters, I thought. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I Oh my God, talk about something I completely forgot about. Yes, I completely <laughs> forgot he was in that. And he definitely was the thing that stood out the most to me. Um, now, uh, yeah, Cabin in the Woods, I guess, would be another mm-hmm. example of something like that. I guess it's just he's really good at playing, like, on the surface, the tough, serious guy that you then later scratch the surface and find out, oh, he's really an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the idiot with the heart of gold, you know what I mean, that also can shoot lightning and completely kick everyone's ass. <laughs> Which Thor is? Thor in the books is kind of like a, he's a little dense, but he's so like, like lighthearted and like, oh yes, come here, Stark of Tony. You know, he's like, he's that way. So if Hemsworth is, I think almost was, was bred to play this role. (laughs) He's essentially the exact same person (laughs) where he's kind of like, he doesn't take himself too seriously. He's very just, you know, if you've ever seen an interview with the guy, he doesn't, I mean, he pokes fun at himself all the time. Which I think, if you take this, if you take Thor too serious, it's just serious doesn't work. And I mean, the Alan Taylor version, I think they kind of took it a little bit too serious. Kenneth Branagh was like trying to do Shakespearean, but he was, you know, tongue and cheeking it. But Alan Taylor kind of made it really like, kind of like it's dark and it's Thor, the dark world. But here, it's like Taika Waititi must have saw him on SNL and was like, why, why are we not using this guy's talents? Let's just use, uh, I mean, and it comes with everybody. Kate Blanchett's comedic timing. Uh, well, Jeff Goldblum is Jeff Goldblum. He's amazing. And then you have everybody else who has really good comedic timing and utilizing it. Yeah, even uh, someone like um, like Mark Ruffalo, yeah. who still has not had a standalone Hulk film, has only appeared in the Avengers films, and now this. Right. Um I think we're ready for a standalone Hulk movie at this point because, my God, is he just so damn entertaining as this character. Yeah. You know, it took me a minute to settle in. Actually, for a minute, I was not sure. But then, like, once it kind of got going, I was really into what he was doing. I I thought it was great. And, you know, um, you have some of the people from the Taiki Waititi universe, too. Obviously, he was in it. So funny. One of the best characters. Oh, my God. What's the name of him? Korg? Korg. Korg, Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Every line. Every line that that rock thing delivered was amazing. <laughs> that's another thing. In the book, yeah, Korg, and then, Korg um, is from... Did you notice like, the lady standing... Oh, I'm sorry, DJ. Go no, on. no, it's okay. It's okay. I was just saying he's in the, in the comic book. That character is ultra serious. And Taika Waititi flips it on his head and makes him kind of like, you know, this Mike Tyson-y rock creature, <laughs> which is hilarious. I just like how he's so chill about everything. It's like, yeah, man. You want to hang out? You know what I mean? Like he just wants to pow pow wow with uh, Thor, and 
all this death and destruction is going on and like he's like oh you know that was the man who tried to uh, fight him before over there like you know like <laughs> just so casual i tried to start a revolution amazing yeah um so we we like thor we like korg carl urban mm. let's talk about the guy that seems like he wants to be in every single franchise. <laughs> Did anyone Carl else have a moment where they said to themselves, that can't be Carl Urban. He's in Star Trek. He's in Lord of the Rings. That can't be him. And then sure enough, like five minutes later, they were like, oh, shit, it is him. Because I didn't know he was in this. Oh, yeah, I knew going yeah. in. So, But, I mean, Carl Urban is oh, very – okay, um, okay. I mean, I think he's my favorite character in the new Star Trek movies, but because he just nails the DeForest Kelly. Carl Urban has many, 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 uh, a lot of range, I would say. So I, I, a thing I would say about his character in this, another character in the comic books who's very, very serious, he kind of takes this Alfred from The Hobbit uh, type role in this movie, which I didn't expect. That, that His character caught me off guard, him and Surtur, more than anybody. Where I was just like, wow, they really are going for the comedy elements here. Because he's he's very comedic. and Way more comedic than I figured. Yeah. He's even got names for his guns. <laughs> <laughs> Which was very ridiculous at the end. Because I couldn't believe how, many, how much ammunition those guns had. But regardless <laughs> of that, it worked. Yeah. I was into it. And Carl Urban is fantastic. So I'm not going to, you know, sit here and say that I thought he did a terrible job. Which leads me to uh, somebody who I'm going to I'm going to say my favorite aspect of the film. And then I'm going to say my least favorite aspect. My favorite aspect of the whole movie is that this is the most Jeff Goldblum Lee Goldblum performance we have ever seen in our lives. <laughs> It'd be like if you said to Christopher Walken, hey, Christopher Walken, give the most Christopher Walken performance ever. <laughs> you know? Jeff Goldblum got that direction, and it is incredible. Incredible. Like, uh, 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 the, the God of, uh, what does he call him? Lord of Thunder? Yeah, he calls Lord him of Thunder, yeah. Lord of Thunder. He's like, uh, 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 Lord of Thunder is... Uh, uh, escape on the planet now. Go get him. <laughs> like, it's like ridiculous. Oh, it's so great. And you know, that lady standing next to him the whole time, uh, Rachel House, she's from um, Taika Waititi's stuff. She was in Boy and Eagle versus Shark, and she was big in Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah. And I thought they were perfect together. Like, that whole vibe, she, she makes me laugh. I, I mean, I mean, this cast is crazy. We haven't even talked about Kate Blanchett, Idris Elba. I mean, it, it's nuts. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins is in this movie. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Oh yeah, I forgot. Having a, having a blast. You can just tell. You can always tell when Anthony Hopkins is kind of like having fun, and you can just tell yeah. the oh, the first time we see him, he's just having a. Hey, hey, Mr. Hopkins, just sit here and just have as much fun as you want with this. The steward went, okay, sure. I just have to lay on a thing and uh, <laughs> just tell jokes. Yeah. Fine, that's fine by me. <laughs> he has a big moment in this that I felt did not emotionally resonate as well as it could have but i think that's also because we were so far separated from the dark world and that film didn't resonate with me strong enough that uh the reason and uh, the reason why an event occurs in thor ragnarok that ties to his character that supposedly is due to an event from the dark world like right. that connection fell completely flat for me and mm. I understand why they did it from a storytelling level and what it meant for the Thor character. But that was one level of execution that I thought uh, Watiti did not perfectly convey as well as he could have 
I, I felt. Yeah, I mean he he is kind of carrying he is carrying the bags of the universe there. So I mean I might even I think once the that gets past this moment you're talking about, I think that's when the movie really gets going. It's kind of like he have to kind of like check the boxes of the expanded universe a little bit and after the great beginning of the film then there's this kind of you know sweeping up what the the previous movies did but after that's done the movie essentially just goes 100 miles an hour all the way to the end right because then you have the introduction of my least favorite aspect of the film and that is the character of Hela by Kate Blanchett I for one did not like the campy performance that Kate Blanchett gave to this character because while I understand that Watiti's going for obviously a comedic vibe for the whole film, I truly felt that she needed to be contrasted more as somebody much more menacing, much more dangerous. And instead, I felt like I was just getting a very performancey, campy, over the top ish vibe from Kate Blanchett. I would I would say they I would say if you take the the lessons that Marvel films have done, they've done that before with Ronan, where Ronan was the stark contrast to Star-Lord and nobody liked Ronan. So, I I kind of understand where, you know, you're saying she's going kind of with the campy campy stuff, but I I don't know if it would have worked better if they would have made her super serious. And honestly, if you take into account what she does in the film, as jokey as she is, she kills i don't know if this is a small she kills a lot of people in this movie <laughs> easily yeah. like it's not even it's not even yeah, her uh, actions for her sure. actions are so uh, devious and dark and loki would we, has not even done as much destruction as this woman does in literally her first five minutes on screen but i mean i can understand where you're, the campiness could rub people the wrong way i just think that if they would have went serious with it, it, it definitely would have been it might have been a uh, retread of what ronan tried to do where he was going to be the straight man to star lord and the rest of the guardians of the galaxy kind of thing now correct me if i'm wrong here because i'm not too keen on the mythology aspect of everything right she can just what she's like she's like the the, uh, the terminator uh, from terminator 2 the t1000 she can <laughs> She could create knives, basically. She's kind of like if the the Asgardian version of Hades, essentially. She is uber powerful. I mean, they kind of weaken her by give, by changing her lineage. In the comic books, she's um, I think she's Loki's daughter in the comic books, but in the movie, they made her something different. Uh, but yeah, she is not to be messed with. I mean, I've seen many comic books where she has done things like separate Banner from Hulk, where Hulk is now just by himself in this rage monster they can't control. She is super powerful. So what they did in the movie is turn her down as much as you <laughs> as you might not think. She is depowered a lot in this movie, as uh, even though she kills, again, a lot of people. <laughs> and before I forget, because how could you forget about this? Guys, Tessa Thompson is a yes, fucking I'm so beast. happy that's what you said. That's where I wanted to go. That was my favorite character in this movie. Oh my God, is she incredible in this? Yeah, and so I'm curious with DJ kind of knowing the comics, I get I, I read somewhere that they thought that she would be able to be kind of roped into this universe now that she's kind of a predominant character. Right. Yes. Yeah, so that's uh, exciting. Uh, I mean, yeah, the Valkyries are uh, been big for i think even one of them i'm not 100 percent sure this might be recent that one of them even became in the comic books had the power of thor and i know there is a incident in a uh certain flashback they kind of show hints of it in the trailer 
where there's a blonde Valkyrie, and I think that Valkyrie is named Broomhilda. She in the comic book, she was like a big deal. But the fact that you got Tessa Thompson, who is I think now going to be popping. I mean, if, if Creed didn't do it, this movie will certainly do it, popping on a lot of radars. And she's been pushing for this all female Marvel film. She, I think they're, I think Marvel, uh, Kevin Feige and them, they love her and they want to utilize her. So I, you're, you're, this is not going to be the last time you see uh, Valkyrie. And I, I, I would probably center a lot around her, and because she is yeah. multifaceted, they kind of just scratch the surface of how cool this character is. Right, right. Well, and Tessa too is—it's such a crazy story. I mean, this is like a 34-year-old woman. She's yep. been like hustling for so long. <laughs> like she's play, she was playing lesbian characters like 10 and 12 years ago, and you know, all, like all kinds of amazing things. And then obviously, kind of the dear white people in 2014, I think, yeah. was kind of a moment. Right. And then obviously Creed. But I'm so—I mean, it's just bit. cool for her to be able to be at this point in her life, and and I'm excited to see where she goes. She was great in this role. Yeah, because, I mean, yes, she is the romantic love interest for Dor, but not really, you know? And I like that they don't fully. I don't even know that. if she is. Oh, she totally is. Come well, on. Well, it could be. It could be equivalent badass that matches him and also puts him in his place. But it could be him, or it could be Banner, or it could be anybody. She doesn't really follow. Banner's follow got Scarlett room. Johansson waiting. Come on. They even allude to that in this. I don't know, man. That there's a. It might be Hella. Uh, yeah, it might be Hella. Yes. <laughs> and according to Tessa Thompson, it's she's. Uh, this is from interviews, not the movie. Uh, they 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 cut out scenes where her sexuality is brought up, where she's not. She's kind of bisexual. Where they uh, they left this out of the movie, so this is not a spoiler. But the, I, All right, I don't so let's think... lean into that in a sequel. What Thor's like, you know, maybe drawn to her, and then he finds out. Oh. She's she's got a thing for the for the ladies. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Like it just introduce more uh, interesting comedic elements into it that can uh, you know highlight Thor's character more. Because you know one of the things that uh, the previous films uh, did is it was, it was kind of interesting how Loki kind of became the character that everyone cared about in the Thor films like people were going to see the Thor movies for Tom Hiddleston and for Loki Mm -hmm. because he was just a more interesting character and Tom Hiddleston brought so much to that role I think they did a lot a lot of damage control as you said before DJ with Thor Ragnarok and making Thor a more uh, multifaceted interesting three-dimensional character without also sacrificing some more development in the relationship between him and his adopted brother, uh, Loki. I mean, Jesus, like they have a a moment together in this film in an elevator, I think it was. Yeah. And it's a small moment, but I appreciated that they are still finding new ways to continue that relationship regardless. Right. And I think that... Uh, and the and Thor the Dark World and like even anytime Thor and Loki kind of have scenes together are good but I think when you add humor to it because there's more humor in this film it kind of even makes their relationship even more enjoyable to watch because in the uh, the best part of Thor the Dark World for me was uh, the the scene on the boat when they're uh, they're having an argument about their mother or whatever that was the best part of that movie for me because they Hiddleston and Hemsworth has such great chemistry but in this movie Ragnarok you, you have that chemistry and now you're you got the banter 
and you get to even I think you even got more of a uh, uh, them understanding each other through comedy than you got through like a dramatic screaming yelling moment, which I, I really liked. And and, and um, fans of the again I keep going to the comic books. This is kind of you, know, you guys are talking about doing a Hulk. That's movie. why you're here. Yeah, I'm here for this reason. They, they've been trying yeah. to do a, a Hulk movie, but univ- it's tie- rights are tied up with Universal or whatever. But this is kind of the closest you're going to get to a Planet Hulk movie, and they've said that. Tessa Thompson's character is kind of a um, a replacement kind of for the woman that Hulk marries while he's on Planet Hulk in the comic book. Her name is, uh, I think it's Sierra or something to that effect. That's why I'm thinking like Tessa Thompson's role or Valkyrie, she's not like pegged as into I am the love interest. I don't think she's that way. I think they're going to be moving her around to do whatever. I mean, she, uh, Lady Sif is probably closer to Thor in terms of a love interest than I think Sierra is, because I, I don't, or sorry, uh, t- Valkyrie is. No, I'm not saying that she gets pigeonholed into that role, but I am saying that they do allude and hint at it. Right. I, I, it's, it's, she, they call her the Han Solo of the movie. I think that Taika Waititi had referenced that, or so, Kevin Feige or somebody. And it makes sense because she just, just does what she wants, really. She is, she's not, She's essentially destroying any trope anybody could give to her, and that's what makes her awesome. <laughs> she's, yeah, I mean, she, she could drink alcohol like yeah. you know, she could drink us all under the table, all like, under three the of table. us combined. <laughs> I don't know. Speak for yourself. Hey, contest. Yeah, Challenge. and now I have to say too, like um, going now to some nitpicky things. Mm. Am I the only one that wish they didn't give the Hulk reveal away in the trailer? It's it, it would be it would be very difficult if they didn't. I understand what you're saying, it, it, but if they, for as big a role as he has in this movie, it would be almost impossible to show to promote this movie without giving away he's in the movie. <laughs> so, I disagree yeah. a little bit. I I, I kind of do. I think there's enough non-Hulk material that they could have edited around to, you know, show. <sighs> It, it, it really bugs me because the film makes a big deal about that reveal. Like they lead up like 10 minutes into it and then we get it and it's meant to be like this huge moment. But the whole freaking audience already knows. Instead, you could have had a real wow. Oh, my God. Moment where the audience has completely lost their minds and we we're, we don't get that. But that's what sells the first trailer. That whole trailer was the first trailer, if you remember, is great. It's this very, you know, the immigrant song is playing. But it's sold on, he's a friend from work. That's what got everybody to the theater to watch it. If you take that part out of it, you might not get as much of a, uh, uh, and I think this movie's going to do very, very well at the box office. They probably would not have gotten this big, um, uh, you know, audience. Uh, Enthusiastic response, basically. Yeah, exactly. And especially because they, yeah. they announced it from going in before they even started making it. This is going to be a, a road picture with Thor and the Hulk. Well, I, I think it just it goes back to uh, the Civil War trailer when the Spider-Man reveal happens at the very, very end. And it's right. like, why did you need to do that? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, they could have made us lose our minds in the theater even more, you know. But I, I get it. Thor's trying to uh, not Thor. Marvel is trying to appeal to the fanboys and try and get everybody excited and thus boost ticket sales. But I feel that at this point, Marvel can just simply say, "Hey, listen, Thor Ragnarok coming out on this date. 
Here's a one minute. Here's a one minute teaser. We're not even going to reveal the plot to you. We already know you're going to show I up. I wish tra- I wish Star Wars and all of those trailers would do that because you, you're going to see Star Wars. Don't even. Have I to hate that I know what's going to happen in Last Jedi based on the trailers. I hate it. I hate. They don't need Sorry. the the, the, the <laughs> Last Jedi trailer should just be Last Jedi trailer. Yes. yes. <laughs> it should just say Last Jedi trailer and that's it. That's all. It <laughs> you don't need it. Everybody's going to. Well, I'm see going it. to admit to you. That even though uh, I saw that trailer like seven times, I still smiled and even laughed a little bit That's at that great. scene. <laughs> it's amazing. That's the thing about it. It sucks. It's amazing. It's like, well, you don't need it. After, afterwards, it was like, it's like eating a box, of, a box of donuts. You eat the box of donuts. You're like, oh, this is so good. This is so good. And after you eat it, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I shouldn't have stuffed my face with this goodness. <laughs> Man, I really want to stuff my face full of donuts now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> All right. Uh, a couple of uh, other nitpicky things I have with this film. Let's see if you guys agree or not. Did anyone find, uh, on a technical level, the editing of this film to be a little weird at times, like in terms of just scene transitions? Like, I'm going to punch you in the face, we're going to cut to black, and all of a sudden we're going to have like a time jump. Yeah, there, there was some weird stuff. I, I, I didn't notice there was much there, but there was even like some inner scene things. Like there's one part where I think whoever, you know how they had those things they were implanting on people to control them? Right. There was one scene where one of the characters was like turning around trying to find it on their back. And there was something so weird that happened with the editing. It kind of took me out for a minute. So I did notice some little things, but um, yeah. And this kind of like leads into um, the overall complaint about I have about the editing. I do feel that this film is a little too long. Yeah, it's funny because I think the ending is very, very abrupt and inconsistent. That the way that ending happened, it was like, it was, and, the, and the movie at that point was just going going on a very good clip, and then it was like over. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! What? <laughs> I wanted. They like, went with the Star more. Trek ending. It, it's so hard to know because they had to balance the Asgard with everything that was happening on Sakaar, and it's it is hard to know for that payoff to have worked. You know, if they had cut you know the Asgard part short, right. even though my favorite part was the other part, right. if you know that ending wouldn't have been quite as meaningful. So it's just hard to say what it would look like without it. I did like the message of what Asgard is and what it means to Thor, and now he knows what it means to be a leader for his. people people and so on and right. so forth i liked that it yeah I, I did too my, my my one complaint about all of that though is poor idris elba man that guy's a leading man <laughs> and he's just being like he's he's just some guy in this movie <laughs> yeah i think it was just because he was in the other two he had to make an appearance yeah it's him doll you can't really get rid of i mean there's other characters they could they kind of don't show but i mean you, it's hard to get rid of that character when they cast them the, one of my biggest complaints on a technical aspect is this is might be the worst green screen movie you you'll ever see in, in, in a movie like there's a scene and i, I knew it was green screen because the first trailer they show um hella in an alleyway and in the movie it's not an alleyway and the green screen work on that, it was, it, my, my sister kind of turned to me, we were watching it together, and she's like, that's a green screen, right? And she never looks for that stuff. <laughs> she yeah, could have, you could have, right. It's not really good. And I, it's probably because of them rushing, but I think, and maybe not being able to get all the actors in the same place at the same time, but it might have it might have been worth just flying them to a location or something, because it was rough, that part. Oh, the Hopkins stuff. It yeah, was, yeah. I mean, it was just, that was so obvious, right? Isn't it funny, too, how... It used to be that when a Marvel film would come out, the special effects were like so highly praised and like it was really, really refreshing to see stuff like Iron Man's suit and like the Avengers was like crazy because so much stuff was happening on screen at once. And now not a single like Marvel film since, 
Oh, well, I guess, you know what? I guess Doctor Strange. Strange was good. Visual effects, though, I feel like have just become so bland and boring. And now what I feel, I feel very strongly now that what people go to see these films for are the characters and not the spectacle of it all. Right. No, I agree. I agree. With that said, on another technical level, costumes in this movie are freaking fantastic. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Agreed. That's where the Oscar attention might come, right? Yeah, that's where these Marvel films, I think, I think have been getting better and better. Because if, if you look at this movie and you look at Black Panther, which is coming, the costume departments, Civil War, the costume Guardians, they're always really, like, top-notch. Which I guess kind of takes your eye away. Is I guess it's trying to take your eye away from sometimes the effects aren't as finished as they should be. But the costuming, you're right. Like, everything on Sakaar, the, everybody's outfit. I could, you could just look at the backgrounds the set dressings and everything like that, and and just make the movie about that. It'd be great. I mean, you could tell that Taika Waititi, you know, it's almost like he didn't want to do like the Asgard stuff. Like he just wanted to get to Sakaar and just have that be the whole movie. <laughs> right. So, all righty. Final thoughts on Thor Ragnarok. We'll start off with you, DJ, because you're the guest. Oscar potential and a grade one, uh, uh, one through ten. You know, so. Uh, I- Oscar potential, I think you, you you hit it where it comes to uh, um, the set the set design and the costuming. I think that's right up there. Grade one out of ten. I I'm gonna say eight and a half. We give halves on here, right? We get we can I can I can I can cheat a little. No, nah, right? we don't give halves. Oh wow, okay. Well, you're the guess, like, so I mean I I could let it slide, but if you no, can no, choose no, no. between, I will, I, I will follow the letter of the law. Uh, I will give it. I'll give it a solid high high eight. Out of ten. All right. All right. We're pr- we're pretty close on that. Then I have, um, I would definitely be an eight as well. Same consideration on Oscar. Just a couple of final things I wanted to mention. I, I'm in total agreement on the costume and color and some of those scenes. And then I really am such a fan of the music choices in this. Yeah. In, in addition, to immigrant song. There was this really cool like techno. Um, a type of score that was um, played throughout and that was I looked it up because I had to it was I guess a band called Magic Sword in the Face of Evil did you guys pick up on that you know what I'm talking about Magic Sword in the Face of Evil that is like the yeah. best band name ever it, it was coming to the stage so, I thought it might have been I thought like Taika Waititi might have been like yeah let's get some kind of like weird synthesizer thing going in this movie but uh and had somebody make it but no it was already an existing song but I like I just thought that choice was so good I there was just some really really smart moves I think overall and then the other little nugget for you is in one of the first scenes where um, there was the play happening on Asgard you know right. what I'm talking about yes. yeah um the character playing Thor was Chris Hem- Hemsworth older brother Luke the lesser, the least of the known Hemsworth brothers. And he's a co-star of Tessa Thompson in Westworld, which is right, right, right there. <laughs> that is actually really funny. Um, yep, there you go. And then, yeah, so eight for me, and I had a lot of fun. It was such a great time for, um, I think, everybody involved. Uh, so that people understand my ratings for the other Thor films, um, the first Thor is a seven out of ten for me. Door of the Dark World is a three out of ten. Oh Oof. wow! <laughs> From me, yeah. Ether. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ether. With an A. <laughs> uh, Thor Ragnarok. I was between a seven and an eight, uh, as I do think it is the best standalone film. But I am giving it the same grade as the first Door film. I am giving it a seven. 
Um, and that's just simply because it's not something that's going to crack my top 20 of the year. I don't think it's one of the best films I've seen this year, but it like, yes, if we did give halves, this would be a 7.5 like easily from me. There are just a couple of nitpicky things that I have here and there that, you know, just take it down a few notches. But I would say this is one of the most fun times I've had at the movies all year, along with some other Marvel films, including Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Spider-Man Homecoming. Right. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming, I think I had the most fun in, surprisingly. But, yeah, man, they're on a killing path now nowadays, <laughs> Marvel. I mean, Jesus Christ. It's like they can't do anything wrong because every single time I think I've got them, like, pigeonholed. Um, and I say to myself, like, oh, you know, like, the, the quality of their films, uh, you know, it's, it's not what they used to be. They keep finding <laughs> ways to, like, reinvent uh, their franchises and keep them fresh and interesting. And they did it again here with Thor Ragnarok because, you know, proof is in the pudding. Thor Dark World put me in a really, really bad place. Um, Captain America, the first Avenger, good, not great. Winter Soldier fixed all of that. Right. Civil War, eh, a little too much. I need you guys to pump the brakes a little bit, you know, and it's like – it, nothing has been like consistent it seems like with a lot of these films uh iron man is like a perfect example of that i would say but this year man all three of their films they they crushed it and i gave eights to guardians and spider-man i'm giving a seven to ragnarok man they they, they had a really really killer year for me uh so props to them i'm very very happy with the way things are going and as always, I constantly think about their business model strategy from a standpoint of, you know, if these actors are going to want to stop playing these roles at some point, <laughs> you know, they're rebooting it. They got Black Panther coming, which looks awesome. And but you're right. I mean, Chadwick Boseman going in is 39. <laughs> so, you gotta, yeah, they, eventually they're going to have to. I mean, I think that's what this movie was kind of like the the old toy line being replaced by the new toy line. So we'll see. I mean, I don't know how far they can take all of this i i i don't know i i think what we just need to do is not think about so much of that and we just need to enjoy it as it is right now because there's um you know we knew about the hulk cameo in this movie it's not even a cameo like he is a supporting player there is another cameo by another uh marvel character that probably is my favorite sequence of the whole film it's the best iteration of that character too (laughs) i believe yeah yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it was it, it's truly hysterical. So overall, I'm very very pleased with this. I'm very pleased uh, with Taika, uh, uh, Taiki, uh, whatever the hell, Watiti, whatever the <laughs> hell, Taika, Taika Watiti, yes, <laughs> Taika Watiti. I'm very pleased with what he has done with this series, and I'm hoping that somebody else can now pick up the reins in the future. And you know, I I, I guess well, DJ, you know this better. There's no next standalone Thor film plan. It's really just now Infinity War at this point, right? I think it's Panther, then in, uh, I think Infinity War or in Ant-Man and the Wasp, I think, are the next three, I believe. I'm not sure which. I know Panther's next, but I'm not sure who, which comes first, Ant-Man and the Wasp or Infinity War. But yeah, I don't know. That, that's what I think they're not going to announce it because they want you going into Infinity War thinking, will Thor die? Will Iron Man die? Will Captain America oh, die? Right, so gotcha. They're not going to tell you, oh, Thor 4 is coming out. Then you know Thor is making it out of Infinity War. So I think they're going to hide all that stuff. Well, I mean, you know, these guys have now had Captain America's had three films. Thor's had three films. Iron Man's had three films. And that's not counting, you know, the crossovers that they've done. So... Mm-hmm. One of these guys is not going to be around much longer because (laughs) they've just done so much, you know. So I think they've done a really good job of laying the groundwork for that. Okay. 
TJ Valentine. Yes, sir. Tell all these lovely, lovely people where they can find you on the internet. SimplisticReviews.net. You can find me and everything uh, me and my cohorts do. And uh, search on YouTube for Simplistic Reviews or on iTunes for Simplistic Reviews or on TuneIn or on Stitcher or everywhere there is an internet. We are there. DJ, it was so nice to meet you. Pleasure. And I'm Deanne. You can find me on Twitter at, at TweedledeeD33. That's D-E-E-D-E-E-33. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the Next Best Picture podcast review, Thor Ragnarok. You can subscribe to the Next Best Picture podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Player FM, and CastBox. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Otherwise, the Lord of Thunder, I will send him upon you. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you all next time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.